Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! Look at me, short. I'm the captain now. Welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Hey boys, congrats on episode 69 of the podcast. Cheers for the useful information over the past couple of years you guys have provided us with. I've got a quick joke for you on the way out. What makes 69 different from driving in the fog? You can't see the arsehole in front of you when driving in the fog. Alright boys, have a good day. Ciao. Hey boys, congratulations on the great potty. Episode 69. What legends? Keep it going, man. A maths teacher asked the class what comes after 69. Mouthwash was the wrong answer. Congratulations, Supercoach co-captains on the milestone. Hey, lads. Nashi here. Well, who would have thought I'd ever be congratulating two blokes on a 69, but uh, here we are. Congratulations on the milestone. Uh, thanks for all the content you guys have been putting out. Now, uh, it really helps a bloke out being a new dad. Don't really get time to do the research, so uh, really appreciate it, and uh, here's the many more. Cheers, lads. Episode 69. Geez, that sounds like a mouthful. I can't wait for the video footage of this podcast. Congratulations, Dano and Pato. Doing an awesome job. Uh, look out for replacements to have a huge second half of the year. Thanks, boys. Hello, and welcome to episode number what, Pato? Uh, number 69, I believe, and Mason Cox... Yeah, marked the occasion with his best game ever. So um, we love a bit of big cocks around here at the Supercoach Co-Captains. Yeah, I fucking forgot to introduce us because I was so focused on 69. We are the Supercoach Co-Captains and this is episode number 69. We've been going for about three years, three, two and a half, three years now, Pato. And yeah, so fucking good vibes. Good vibes, Pato. Good vibes and big dicks. <laughs> Anyway, speaking of big dicks, let's go into this fucking weekly winner, which was Vinny with arguably the greatest team name in Supercoach history, Pato, if I do say so. Is it Big Cock 69? It is not Big Cock 69, but we'll probably make that the episode title. Um, No, it's The Orange Team with a score of 2,304, Pato. Yes, uh, in a week of a fair bit of carnage, he managed to uh, to dodge most of it. Um, even though, interestingly, he only had one ton in his midfield group, um, did have Disco, Dacos, and Sicily in defense. Um, Jack Zebel, we'll, we'll talk about him. I'm a bit fucking mad about that situation. Um, <laughs> so there might be a little bit of a rant coming then. Um, but, yeah, Rowan Marshall in the ruck line, who's starting to hit some really, really nice form, Dano. And um, the Butters man himself up forward and, and Errol Goulden, who – is apparently on the juice, if you ask our friend Luke. So um, <laughs> everyone's on the juice when they play a good game. So that's a little bit of an inside thing. But, but yeah, no, decent team. Um, Vinny, and congratulations. That is, as you said, Dana, a great team name. Yeah, it is. Anyway, injuries and suspensions, and we haven't got this bloke on the run sheet, Pato, but it's only come in in like the last hour or so. Will Setterfield has a fractured foot. So- yes, it- Yes, um, Zach Merritt stocks are going up uh, rapidly. Yep, yep. So if you're a Will Sellerfield owner, it's looking about five weeks, they said. So get rid of him. Yes, um, we'll keep, sorry, pushing. Scott yeah. Father, um, just to calm yeah. it down, you'll have to trade him out. Yep, yep. Um, Christian Petrarca rolled his ankle quite late, um, but they're pretty confident he'll play, Pato. 
Yeah, they reckon he'll be fine, um, but I would be keeping a very close eye on teams on this one just because um, if he's not 100%, he, they won't risk him uh, for obvious reasons. And they've got a fairly um, easy game on the weekend, though, don't they, Dano? Well, I have a theory. Oh, they, Port Adelaide, no. I have a theory that they'll play him, but they'll play him more forward and it will only help his DPP push. Yeah, hopefully. I'd say it might be a blessing in disguise for Supercoach that he's rolled his ankle if he does play. Um, moving on, Rory Laird, knee. Um, he got subbed off as a precaution. Uh, and, yeah, I think he'll play, but he's got to get through his test, uh, fitness test this week. Yeah, he's gone 100 for a few weeks in a row now um, without missing game, which is a little bit frustrating for owners. Um, but as long as he's playing, I think he's fine. I think if you're a non-owner... Um, wait for his week off, and I think he'll be right for the picking and the back end of his buy. Mm. Um, but obviously, owners, you just got to stick fat, especially with the um the calf carnage that happened on the weekend. Don't know, everyone did a fucking calf, mm, or like Jack Steele. Uh, what was it? A medial s- strain? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's a test as well. Fucking frustrating. Um, being an owner of Jack Steele, but it is what it is. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'd be holding him because it would be one week maximum with a strain. Um, Callum Mills, Pato, though, the fucking carnage. I've seen some people captain him. I felt so bad for a double score of an eight. Um, yeah, his calf, one of the calves that you mentioned, four to six weeks. Yep, another one that will be right for the picking post his buy, um, depending on when he comes back, obviously. But, yeah, really unlucky for owners. A lot of people brought him in too, Dano, which which is just super coach in a nutshell, basically. Like, yeah. I got caught up in the Took Miller shit. Like, I got him in the week that he got injured. It's, just, it's part of it. Um, unless you've got a bit of cash to spend if you have him. Yep. I'm fucking... I was livid with this call, but at least this call <laughs> happened. At least this happened before teams came out. So, Darcy Parrish apparently has done his calf. He's about four weeks away, and I put my stamp on him saying he will tear... The rest of the competition up um, from last round onwards, and instead of tearing the competition up, he tore his calf. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, Zach Merritt stocks going up, 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 Pato. Yep, I have a feeling we might talk about him later. Oh yes, we will. Um, LDU. So Luke Davies, Uniac, uh, Hammy is like three to five weeks. Uh, fuck, man, I feel for anyone who had all three of Mills Parish and LDU. Um. Yeah, just nightmare, nightmare central. Yeah, I mean, at least LDU got a 122 for owners who did stick fat because he has been pretty woeful for a while now. We did mention that it wasn't a great option. Um, I've just realized my microphone isn't plugged in because I'm a fucking goose. Um, but, um, yeah, yeah, no, finally the reason to, to flick him off and um, find a proper primo. Yeah, yeah. As Pato plugs his mic in, we'll move on to Jacob Hopper. Another calf, uh, four to six weeks, and Isaac coming as well, calf five weeks. So fucking calf central, Pato. Have you plugged your mic in now? I have, nearly left the meeting. Um, don't have a few drinks before the meeting next time, Dano. Um, <laughs> no, no, it's a bit of, bit of beef central with the amount of calves that are happening, Dano, or is it um, what's baby beef called? Should have been ready with that punchline, shouldn't I? You fucking got it right, you dickhead. <laughs> no, baby baby beef is named something different. Um Oh, veal. 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 Fucking hell. Anyway. Yeah, Hopper's done his calf. Trade him out. But um, a calf is a young bovine 
um, like a domestic cow or a bull, mate. Come on, mate. No long words, mate. This is, a, this is about super coach. Yeah, okay. Not you're talking. Okay, you drunk fuck. Okay. Let's talk about coming instead. Well, coming five weeks out. Um, he didn't play last week anyway, so. True. Yeah, um, but hopefully someone fucking waiting in the wings will finally fucking play. But anyway, probably not. Um, Chankuth GF, another calf, um, but he's got TBC written next to him. So good for uh, Joshy Weddle. Yeah, I think this is more short term, but it just hopefully some of that rebound uh, effort does fall onto sort of Weddle, Mitchell, and um, Sicily even maybe as well. They did bring in James Blank, um, although we'll talk about him when we talk about defensive primo trade-ins. Yep, yep. Now we're going to waiting in the wings. So I think we have to start with North Melbourne and the glaringly obvious one that will likely happen. That is George Wardlaw of the Kangas. The only thing is he hasn't been setting the VFL on fire, Pato, but he did have an oak. Okay, 18 disposals and two goals won. Um, but, yeah, I they need warm bodies, essentially. So why not blood the kid? I just I just want to say, Dono, um, just like we mentioned last week, don't go early on rookies. Blake Drury scored 17, and if it weren't for yeah. the North Melbourne injuries that occurred, um, he would probably get banished to the twos. So you probably get a little bit lucky, but... Could spit out 20s for you, and hey, that might be what you need over the buys, but um, yeah, probably not an option now. But anyway, I'm, I'm going off topic. Wardlaw, yeah, probably will come in just because he's a warm body. Um, kind of hoping it's Will Phillips personally because I still have him, Dano. Well, but, uh, he only got yeah, 19 disposals. Yeah, Phillips. I can't imagine Wardlaw doesn't play this weekend. Yep, yep. Taron Thomas, though. Now, I know he's not our normal... He's not here. I know. It feels dirty talking about him. Uh, Absolute fucking flog of a human. Um, But he had 25 disposals and a goal in the twos, and you kind of can't look past him. But I just want to give one player a shout out from North Melbourne's fucking twos. It's Callum Coleman Jones, Pato. Just a shout out, (laughs) cheeky shout out. He had 22 disposals, 13 hit outs, 11 marks, and nine goals, two. Yeah, decent, decent day. He almost had a quadruple double in goals, disposals, marks, and hitouts. Fuck. Anyway. Yeah, that's um, that's a fair game, but he'll come and play VF, uh, AFL and pick one goal from five touches and just <laughs> shit out. So. Yeah, anyway, Wardlaw um, is probably going to be the number one um, for waiting in the wings this week. Do we have to mention the usual suspect from the Gold Coast, Suns, Pato? No, I don't think so. Um, it was Charlie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Flanders is probably the one that may come in who did have a bit of a spike game for the VFL, don't I? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, Charlie played good again. Don't if if he keeps playing good, there's no. I let's fucking pick him for us, do we do? But anyway, um, we'll go to Sydney Swans reserves. And Sheldrick actually had another solid outing. Uh, 34 disposals, six marks, three tackles. Um, solid, solid. But he's one of those ones that comes in, sub, gets flicked off again. Another one that I'll sound like a broken record every week, and I'm just going to say it. Adam Kingsley, please play this motherfucker, not just for your team, but for Supercoach in general. It's Josh Faye. 
Playing on the wing again, he's increased his disposals yet again. 20 kicks, six handballs, five marks, four tackles. He's actually gotten more tackles now, Pato. Maybe that's what he was lacking. Well, that's because he's been playing up on a wing the last few weeks, Dana, and probably getting involved a little bit at stoppage. Yeah, so his tackle numbers going up a little bit more. Six inside 50s, seven rebound 50s. So get him in, please. But it'll probably end up being this next bloke that comes in, Pato. Harry Rouston. He will probably if you if you've been holding Rouston, he potentially could be coming in this week. He had 32 disposals in the VFL, 20 kicks, 12 handballs, eight inside fifties, four tackles, three marks. He did have four frees against though, Pato. <laughs> but when you're trying to be a contested beast like that, you know, it's gonna happen. He also kicked one goal one. So yeah, didn't didn't mind that from Harry Rouston. So if you held him. He might come good for you. Um, Honourable mention uh, to Carmichael from Collingwood. He's at the price here, and he's in the 200,000 range. He had 28 disposals, looked solid, kicked four goals, one. But will that translate into the AFL? Probably not. Um, And another one from the Giants uh, who keeps kicking goals every week. Uh, Well, both of them, really. Brzezewski kicked another two goals from his limited touches. And Wade Dirksen kicked five goals, one. So they're putting pressure on Kingsley to drop uh, Aaron Cadman. Um, it might happen this week. I don't know. After a belting, you'd probably think they would. See, Briggs had a, a fairly large game as well, Dano. Do we yeah, think he's that constantly... he might get a bit of relief? Nah, he's constantly putting in big games in the VFL. What more's a bloke got to do? Well, they're not going to play two rucks. Um, Flynn's going all right as a soul ruck. So I do think it would be better for them to play two rucks. But anyway, yeah, what does what does a bloke have to do? Uh, on, on what Pato said, uh, Kieran Briggs, 24 disposals, one goal, uh, eight marks, two tackles, 41 hitouts for... They don't have a super coach for 129 Dream Team, though. So that's pretty fucking solid. Pretty fucking solid indeed. Um and then, sounding like a broken record again, Pato, who's the last one you think is going to be on? Actually, I'll do I'll do one more, dude, that will have an impact potentially on someone on the bubble this week. Do you know who I'm talking about? Is it Carl Warner? No, he's going to be the last one. Um, but someone from the Brisbane Lions that's on the bubble this week might oh, not. Oh, Jared think... Lyons? No, it's a... uh, Callum Archie had 28 disposals, one goal. I think he's going to potentially come in, according to Brisbane fans, our mate Daniel as well. Um, Harry Sharp, not that great user of the ball. Everyone's trading him in because he's 120, uh, 123K on the bubble, but I don't think he if he, he plays one game maximum or gets dropped this week, and it could be for yeah, Archie. Talk, we'll talk about that when we talk about rookies. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, the last one is Carl Warner uh, playing for Peel Thunder who obviously is on the Fremantle list. 36 disposals, 21 of which were kicks, 11 marks, three inside 50s, five rebound 50s. What the fuck does a guy have to do, Pato? Yeah, I mean, they've got Johnson who's just finished his uh, suspension as well, and I selfishly hope that Johnson's the one that comes in instead because I've held him. Yeah, I've I've held him too, but I kind of also want, like, I think Warner, is Warner a defender mid or just a mid? I believe he's DPP. Um, Let's have a quick squeeze because I'm pretty sure he's defender mid. Yeah, yep, he's defender so midfielder. So I'm I'm all good with that. 
He's 123k as well. So, yeah. But they've also got a defender bid on the bubble, Dano, that has played two games. <laughs> I do too. But Carl Warner's better. That's, <laughs> let's be real. Let's be real. Oh, rookie trade-ins, Pato. Um, so we'll start with the one that everyone's talking about, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give this bloke a shout out. Our mate King Supercoach in a group chat to me last week was saying he was tossing up between three guys. This was one of them saying, I think he's going to go good. And it's Bailey Humphrey, who is, who is now 213K mid slash forward, minus 59 break even with a 50 average, but he got 117 last round and King did not go through with it and he's kicking himself. Oh, no. He didn't go. Th- he did go with, Um, we were talking about it and he ended up prioritizing Nevitt. Uh, who we'll also talk about, and I didn't mind yeah, that. But, yeah, he yeah. he should have gone with his gut. And, yeah, Bailey Humphrey, 117. What does that mean, though? He only had, what, five CBAs for the game, but he was just – pre previous games, when watching, Humphrey was kind of like there but just in the wrong spots, if you know what I mean. And then he just found himself in the right spots to gather the 20 disposals. So – yeah, he played a couple of weeks in the VFL, didn't he, Dano? And maybe they were just trying to um, get some running patterns into him to make sure that he's getting to the right spots again. Um, now, they did play West Coast as well, and it was obviously a blowout because West Coast are terrible. So um, the, the score, I feel like, is a little bit inflated as to what it would be against uh, an AFL-quality team, um, like what they're playing on the weekend in Brisbane. So obviously a lot tougher game, Dano. Um I feel like a 60 or 70 average is fine. He's still going to make his money. Um, and he also gives you the coverage over the buys. Now, if you if you talk, if you look at the super coach projections, he projected to get 52 on the weekend, Dano, and go up 50K just with a 52. I think in the role that he's playing, um, I think that's a little bit higher um, than what he will uh, sorry that's a bit lower than what he'll get so I think he'll get higher than he's projected he could go up 80k this weekend don't know that puts him around 300k already just after one price rise and then that 117 will stay in his break even um, in his rolling average for another week um, hopefully go up another 30 40k and then you've made 100k in the space of two weeks and then Hopefully he holds his spot uh, through the buy because he gives us great buy coverage because he plays for Gold Coast, Dano, and just hopefully gives us coverage for that for the next month over the buys, and then we can flick him on and we've made um, 250k by downgrading him. So, so that's the idea. Um, I think he's one of the more reliable options um, is in terms of rookies this week, Dano. Okay, so I'm gonna do a little bit more level-headedness with this. So you said they tried; they must have tried him out in the VFL for a couple of weeks just to get running patterns. He's actually played consecutive games, Pato, from rounds four to nine. So he didn't play rounds one, two, or three, and then he went round four with a 39, round five with a 38, round six with a 43, round seven with the minus three, round eight with the 64, round nine with the 117. Now, I test-wise the last two weeks, I've fucking loved him. He's been good. I don't think he'll make 200-odd K, but I I don't think it's out of the realms of possibility to get to a, around 100 to 120 K quite fast. But I think when we look at rookies, we want to see 150 K roughly. And considering that the rookies are drying up after we discuss the next lot after a particular player, I don't mind it as a quick cash grab. 
but I don't think 200 plus K is realistic. I think if he goes really well, 150K will be probably the max. So, Dana, you've got to consider that he spent round six as the sub, so came on and scored 43, and round yep. seven and five coming off being subbed. Now, minus three in a game that he got subbed off on doesn't look good on paper, Dana, but the role has changed slightly since Tuke Miller Correct. went down. Correct. Yeah, so I like the, I like said, the eye test. The eye test, good shit. Good shit. But I'm just trying to be realistic in that, like, I don't – I if I if I set the expectation to 120K he can make and then he exceeds that, fucking bonus. But I just want to limit some of the expectations to be realistic if things go wrong. And I do think that he can make 120K, which is, to be honest, we need quick cash grabs right now, don't we, Pato? Yeah, and I think um, you've got to consider how many trades you have left as well. If you've gone gung-ho getting – all these top dollar guys in. I don't think you can afford to get in a Bailey Humphrey in order to flick him on again after the buys. But if you've held on to some trades and not been a little bit silly, then I think this is maybe a risk you can take. Um, But it just all depends really, like how much cash you have in the bank, whether you've got boosts left. Like there's a lot of variables to go into it. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. Next bloke we're going to talk about, Harry Sharp, the one that everyone seems to be trading in, 123K mid, minus 37 break even, 54 average. I I think that he's got one game max. If not, he's dropped this week. Pato, he hasn't been using it well by foot. Yeah, I think he's expendable in that lineup as well. And I I think people are falling in love with him because he's uh, scored pretty decently. I mean, he's 123K, but yeah, his job security is shocking. And Daniel Rich is, what, one week away? Yeah, yeah, according to the, the injury one week. Yeah, so I just – I don't want people to trade him in. Yeah, let's say he scores like a 60-odd this week. They're like, fuck, yeah, he's going to make us some cat, and then he's just gone. And then we've got another dead rookie on the pine. You also look at some of the names that are playing VFL for Brisbane, like Jared Lyons, um, who was borderline All-Australian in his peak when he was playing midfield. You got Calamar Chi, as you mentioned before, Ryan Matheson, Dev Robertson, Jackson Pryor – um, yeah. Jack Madden, Darcy Gardner, like these are probably AFL standard guys, Dano. And yeah. like if they're playing, if they're on the Gold Coast or fucking GWS or something, like they're playing games. Fuck yeah, hundred percent. So I, I, yeah, like I, Harry Sharp's one like extra poor game away from um, from just getting dropped, and then you have got another dead rookie, and I don't think you can afford to take that risk. Agreed, agreed. We move on to Josh Weddle, 168K defender, minus 23 break-even, 52 average. Uh, did you grab him, Pato? Because I did. I did. Um, and it was actually <laughs> you that made me think, like, or oh, maybe Weddle's a better option. Um, and going Weddle instead of Atkins actually let me get Tom Stewart instead of um, the Gold Coast defender, Will Powell. There you go. And yeah, I think yeah. I'm pretty happy with that. So thank you, Dano. Tom Stewart also gives me, obviously, that coverage over the bye, and I'm a lot more confident with Tom Stewart than Will Powell. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And look, I think Blank... Did Blank actually get injured on the weekend? Uh, yeah, I believe he got subbed out, um, if I'm not mistaken. And then you got uh, Shankuth Giaf <laughs> as well. So job security-wise, he's going up. Um, he did play a bit more wing as well, Pato. Um, I yeah, 
I, I'm liking him. It won't surprise me if he keeps hitting the sixties. It won't surprise me if he pops out a random seventy or an eighty. Yeah, he did. He did look really good on the eye, Dono, and I think. Um... So Box Hill had the bye over the weekend, so we can't see who played. But hopefully they've realised that Sicily playing more loose than accountable works a lot better. And um, they're bringing Denver, Granger, Barras to play more lockdown if Blank misses and then um, freeing up Sicily. And Seamus Mitchell actually got 27 touches, Dano, but had five clangers. So that's why his score was 74. But I feel like he was a bit robbed there. He got 95 in DT slash... AFL, AFL fantasy. fantasy. I feel like, yeah, eight marks as well. I feel like 74 was a little bit low for him. Um, I guess that's what you get for playing on a shit team. But uh, <laughs> I like it for Mitchell and Weddle. Weddle. Um, yeah. Even though Weddle's had a price increase already, uh, I think he can still make pretty good coin. Yeah, I do too. Now, listening to some other podcasts today on my drive with work and people were absolutely gobsmacked that this bloke pumped out back-to-back 70s. Pato, and that's Mitch Nevitt. Um, well, he's 207K, minus 25, break-even, 51 average, but he's played now two back-to-back full games. We we were all about him, and I'm happy to say that. We were all about him, eye test-wise. He And shout-out to King again, because this this man is a, he's a very smart man, and he ended up talking about how... Um, What's that fuckwit's name that coaches him? Chris Scott? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How Chris Scott um, randomly picks out a young guy and plays them for a long duration of time. It might be like an eight-week stint, even if they're playing bad. He sticks with them for like an eight-week stint. And he's done it every year at some stage with someone. And King ended up saying he believes that Mitchie Nevitt could be that guy for them. And then he's and he went out and he looked good, so I I honestly think that he is going to be that guy that Chris got even if he plays bad this week you'll just keep him in, um yeah what are your thoughts? Yeah I think this will be very similar to the Dylan Williams situation Dano where a lot of people slept on him and we'll be looking in four weeks time going fuck like Mitch Nevitt averaged seventy over the buys he has around thirteen buy uh, he's killing it and we we missed the boat and. Um, if it were for the 70K difference between Nevitt and uh, Drury, no, it wasn't 70K last week, but whatever it was, 30K, whatever it was, um, that let me get Tom Stewart, I would have been on Nevitt. Nevitt was my number one option. I just preferred to get in uh, Tom Stewart instead. But, yeah, as I said, we'll look back and go, fuck, like Nevitt was the guy. Yeah, yeah. And I've got him. Do you have him? No. No, because I went Weddle instead and I double upgraded my other two trades. Yeah, okay. I, I went both Weddle and Nevitt and, yeah, it's good shit. I like it. I'm just humble brag. Um, anyway, I, I don't mind it. The only thing is he's 207K now, so will you get that cash output? I'm not entirely sure, but minus 25 if he keeps – he looks like he's a guy that will just get solid 70s. So maybe, maybe that works in his favor. I think um, his cash will be fine, um, honestly, and – I think if you offset that with the fact that he's going to play um, every bye week that you um, need coverage um, and probably get your 60 to 70 odd, um, I think the cash will be enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just putting in some projections, Dano. Um, 
just to see what he can get to by his round 12 buy. Let's um, just say 65. Can... Just put projection yeah, so that, 65. That gets into about 280 to 290K, Dano, by the time he has his round 13 buy. Um, and then, obviously, he has the two games after that um, to get an extra couple of games and give you more coverage, and he'll get to 300K if that's the case. So I think that's enough. Um, it's 100K. It doesn't sound like heaps. But then you can mm-hmm. flick him off to a 123K rookie, pocket your 170K, and you can get your Olivers or or whoever you missed out on, and, and there's your cash. So I mm-hmm. think you've also, with these trades, you've got to consider point production as well. And that's why I think Nevitt and Bailey Humphrey are such attractive options is because of that round 13 buy. I feel like people are underplaying it. Yeah, yeah. Like Drury's the next one, 102K mid slash forward, minus 10 break even, 34 average. Um, apparently he's in like how many teams is he in? He's in a fuckload. I was gonna ask you if you know how many teams is he in. It's fucking ridiculous. I feel like it's like thirty eight percent or something. Thirty three. Um, that's before trades this week, so probably be up towards forty percent by the end of the week. Yeah, end of the weekend, don't know. Yeah, yeah. People went a bit early, but he does. He's a warm body, and North Melbourne's injury list is fucked, and. Yeah, I, if he's named this week on field, I feel like it's okay to bring him in because he's bargain basement price. And if he free, if he's a warm body, he's going to make money. Um, and even if it's a slow no. burn, Dano, Dano, Dano. This is Campbell Chesser two point Yeah, but he's cheaper than Chesser. <laughs> and and yeah. Chesser came back from what a broken leg or some shit. Like he really hasn't been injured like that. It's not for me. I'm not against it if it frees it up and gets you that extra bit to get that primo that you want. Anyway, let's move on. Thomas Berry, 123K forward, minus 34 break even, 53 average. I don't like this one bit. I think he is not going to play this week. Yeah, I think it all depends on Charlie Holman. I think if Holman passes his fitness test and he's straight back in for Berry, I think he's playing that exact same role. So no from me. Um, Don't get sucked in. Let's move on. Did you just call him Charlie Holman? It's Charlie Holman, isn't it? Is it? <laughs> is it? I'm pretty sure. Oh, it's Nick Holman. That's awkward. Oh, goodness. You're thinking of Charlie Constable. Probably. Fuck it. I wish he was playing. <laughs> Same. I'll move on. Kane Baldwin, 172K forward, minus a nine break even, 76 average, but only played the one game. Looked okay. I Ridley's back this week from concussion, isn't he? Yeah, so we've got one more week to look at Baldwin and just see what role he plays. Um, has been a forward historically, but we're sort of plugged in because Essendon have all their fucking key defenders out. Um, but we'll see what role he plays with Ridley back in the team. But looked all right. Uh, had 76 super coach as a key defender, and we'll just we'll just see what he does this week. Want to keep it on. Yep, yep. Now, we're going to finish our rookies on Aaron Francis. So 215K defender slash forward, minus two break even, 51 average. He finally played a full game in defense, Pado, and he got a 95. Oh, does he he stay there, though? Because they've got like no forwards and Buddy's sick or some shit. Do you remember he was in my original draft before teams came out in round one? Yep. And he didn't, obviously, didn't get named Spillin. Um, yeah, look, I wouldn't. This, this is yeah, buddy. Buddy's not well. He's probably not going to play. McDonald's out. 
I feel like Francis probably plays forward, which is a real, real shame. Um, Tom McCartan comes back. Um, there's is some, that confirmed? Oh, I, if not, there's another one. Um, fuck. Hickey? No. Oh, no Hickey played. Defender. And it's not Rampy. Ah. Anyway, they've got someone else coming back in defense too. So I feel like he might get shifted forward, which would be a shame. The one that could have been. What? Watch him, Pato. Watch him get named in defense. You bring him in. <laughs> and then he kicks the first goal of the game. And you're like, oh, he's playing full, but he's kicked a snag. Here we go. And then that's his only touch. For the Aren't they playing north this week? Oh, fuck, are they? <laughs> they, are. <laughs> they are too. He could score well against them playing forward. Imagine him kicking a bag of like six or seven or something. Fucking hell. Stop it. Let's move on. Oh, fuck. Anyway, before we get into our trading options, uh, we're going to play some more of your audio messages sent through to us for our 69th episode because you guys are a bunch of fucking legends and these are all hilarious and we've... We thank you guys so much because we don't make any money out of this, do we, Pato? We just do it for the love of it and our fans. No, we do it for fun. It's it's slowly grown. Um, everyone else has been around for like yonks and yonks and yonks and we got asked by other people, hey, why don't you guys make a podcast because like we're in super coach groups and whatnot and just provide an advice and it's just it's just been a whole bunch of fun and Pato, honestly, the last three years have been absolutely fucking amazing with you, man, and yeah, just a shout out because we we'd never like spoken properly before doing this. It was just an experiment that just kept working. Yep, yep, and we had that synergy, and we was like, "Fuck it, let's let's keep rolling." And um, yeah, yeah, here's here's another sixty nine plus episodes. <laughs> anyway, here we are playing your uh, audio messages to us, and we'll be back straight after them. Dano, Pato. Happy 69th episode, Kings. I'm hoping one or both of you are going to get big dick Zachy Meriden this week to celebrate this momentous occasion. Also, Pato, I hope the Tigers shit the bed this weekend. hope the Dons get a big win, and I think Zachy Merritt might also be a cheeky VC option. Cheers, fellas. Morning, boys. Just wanted to say congratulations to the 69th podcast. Really love the content. Really love the interactions we have. And I know nine times out of ten, you boys absolutely nail it on the head. But I must say the Barras call was absolutely shocking. I remember I almost got told that Barras would uh, outscore Dawson. Now, I think that's, um, you know, gone up in flames. Dawson's a gun. Barras is a bit of a spud farmer. But I really, really appreciate the honesty with the answers. And I love how you're not afraid to go out on a limb and actually, you know try and give some out-of-the-box help. Just wanted to say thank you for all the contributions. Love the content and hope you have a wonderful day, boys. And if you, you know, after the 69ing today, if you've got some uh, spare time and you need to go again, just chuck on some Nick Dacos highlights. That'll get you rock hard, set your prime into the week, all right? Have a good one, boys. Thanks again for the content. <laughs> How good was that last one there, Pato? You enjoy that? Yeah, not bad, not bad by Scobie. Um, as he said, like, we're not afraid to go out on a limb, and if we're wrong, we're not afraid either. We're not going to hide from it. So Bloody I man. will concede. Barras is a spud farmer, as you said, Scobie. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> let's go into some real defensive primo trade-ins. 
Yep, yep. Here we go. And the first one is James Sicily at 546K, 102 average, 23% ownership, 114 break even. Is he back to vintage or should we be concerned because Blank might be injured and Chankuth Giaf is out and he might be doing more of a lockdown again? Yeah, I think it depends. He's at a really good price, but with a break even of 140, and you can probably give him another week, especially against West Coast as well. Um, I feel like Hawthorne will probably win this pretty comfortably, which is weird to say. Mm. Um, but yeah, give it one more week to see what they do with that setup. I'm going to see if Sicily plays lockdown or loose again. Yeah, yeah. Agreed, agreed. Tom Stewart's our next one. 601K, 108 uh, per, or average, sorry. Um 20% owned and 129 break even. Is that Pato? Yeah. I got around the wrong way. No, I got it the right way. Yep. I got it the right way. Yeah, sweet. Um, you're paying for what you get with Tom Stewart, though. Um, and he does like Frio, doesn't he? Yeah, it is a lot to pay for a defender, but consider that he's got the round 13 buy. Um, 601 is actually a pretty decent value for a guy that you know can average 115 to 120. Um, and he's in just 20% of teams as well, and I feel like people are going to prioritize other guys, they know, and Tom Stewart might just get a little bit out of reach for those sort of guys. So just a cheeky 187 against Frio last year as yep. well down at Alphabet Stadium. So... <laughs> Yeah, I, I brought in Stewart last week. I was pretty happy with his 115 and, um, yeah, pretty happy owner until he gets rested for a week. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, moving on, Jack Zeeble, the one that Pato is going to have a rant with. He's also got forward status too, by the way. Oh. 579K, 112 <laughs> average, 31% owned and a break-even of just 37, Pato. Fuck, it feels good being an owner of this bloke. When you got him in the 300,000 range, humble brag. See, this fucking pisses me off, don't I? <laughs> so North yep. Melbourne lost this game by 70 points. Jack yep. Zebel had 27 touches. Yeah. Eight marks. And I don't know how many contested, but I'm assuming eight uncontested marks. Yeah. Six clangers for 114. Yeah. And I know for a fact that Zebel was turning the ball over, kicking it out on the full and getting positive points for it. <laughs> now, uh, it pisses me off more because I don't own Zebel. Yeah. But this is just another, like, there's a handful of guys that just have champion data in and around their dicks. And this is Jack Zebel <laughs> this year. And it's hard not owning him. Part of me is so stubborn that I don't want to bring him in to just fucking defy super coach and champion data, but part of me wants to jump on the train and just ignore, uh, just enjoy the ride. But fuck, it annoys me. Like if if James Sicily had that game in a seventy point loss, he's scoring eighty, Dano. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. That is bullshit. <laughs> I just love it because I'm I'm here for the ride this time, and I've been there for a while. Um, there's a boy here, Pato, that you shouted out as being a top five or top six defender this year, and he's starting to show the signs finally, and that's Hayden Young, a 507K, 93 average, 5% owned, so POD central, um, and a 94 break even. Now, he's got a 108 three-round average. He's got a good buy. For those who don't own Luke Ryan, like yourself, like myself, would Hayden Young be potentially a, a good get. 
Look, in hindsight, I'm glad I didn't trade. I didn't start him. Sorry, and I was going to trade Young Dana, as you would be able to attest to. There's been a bit of a shift in the way Free have been playing Dana the last couple of weeks, and they're playing quicker, and it's working. Yeah, yeah. which has resulted in Luke Ryan reverting back to his fake primo status, and Hayden Young being a little bit more positive in terms of their scoring because Hayden Young's more your typical run and carry defender. Was so, a little bit intercept intercept. Correct, correct, which is all just super coach gold. Is probably very similar to Jaden Short's role, where a bit of intercept, bit of running carry, lots of kicks, lots of kickouts, um, and it's really positive. So yeah. I don't mind Hayden Young, Dano, and he's a really good price. So if you can't quite get to a Tom Stewart, I do really like Hayden Young. Okay. I'm going to f- float a weird one. It's Darcy Moore, 502K, 90 average, 3% owned, 64 break even. He's got a 111 three-round average and 104 five-round average. Will he be one to consider? Personally, I feel like it's a flash in the pan, but I think it's worth uh, mentioning just because he's had a good run and it's five weeks now, so it's more than just a couple of games. So, look, defenders in this sort of role – are susceptible to go into these sort of runs. Um, I'll refer to Tom Barras in <laughs> as evidence that they can look good in patches, but they can also look really bad in patches. And and I feel like the fact that Collingwood played Carlton this week, Dana, I feel like Darcy Moore is going to have to play a lot more accountable this week because he'll have one of Charlie or Mackay. Um, and won't just be able to float off them and do as he pleases. So yeah, it's a no from me, but I wouldn't be opposed to someone doing it as a risk. Yep, yep. Move on to the midfield now. So we've got Sam Walsh as our first one at 610K, 115 average, 7% owned, 125 break even. Consistently gets around the 110, 115 mark, um, sometimes 105. The main reason why people are considering him is because he looks like he's going to get forward status because he's starting on the half forward flank and then pushing into the middle and then just floating around like an extra midfielder, essentially. Um, So if he gets that forward status, we're looking at some real fucking, like, consistent scoring forward here. But 610K with a 125 break him, I feel like that if he was under 600,000, I I think it would warrant trading him in, but not at 610. I kind of agree, Dana, but I kind of feel like this is fool's gold as well because, like, yeah, 610 is a lot to pay if he stays in this half-forward role, but it's not like he's scoring 60s. Like, he's scoring between 100 and 120 every week. Like, that consistency is actually really, really handy, Dana, and he's a role change back to his midfield role away from being that 140-plus guy that we've seen before. Yeah. And... Like, if that's this week, he may lose that forward DPP chance. Correct. But then you've got a 120-plus guy at 610K. Yeah. So I feel like there's a lot to really like in this. Um, I understand that not everyone's going to be able to afford him, but if you've got two primos out injured that have sort of four-plus week injuries, like a Hopper, sorry, Hopper's not a premium, but <laughs> you get an LDU or a Mills or a Hopper, like if you're doing two trades and you can get the money to Walsh, um, huge POD category at 7% as well. So you can definitely do a lot worse for 610K. Yeah. 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 Although he does have to, a shit high. Yeah. We're going to go on to Zach Merritt now. 
Pato. Uh, 564K, 104 average, 5% owned, 120 break even. He, I don't understand. They were winning the game when he was in the middle, and they took him out of the middle and they lost the game. Makes no sense, Damon. It, it makes no fucking sense. Um, so surely he'll just remain in the middle. He's a midfielder, yeah? Um, I'm, I'm saying this, like, he's the same price as what Parrish was. And I did mention something. I think he, like, Merritt averages something like 127 when Parrish doesn't play. He's got sexy, nice fixtures coming up. I would be picking him purely for the fixtures. Like, I don't know what the fuck he, what's his buy? I don't even know what his buy is. But he's it got should, the bad buy. But he should start his Red. run from this week. I, not Red last 14. week. Yeah, he should start his mad run from this week against Richmond. The appeal is that he these next three games are Richmond, West Coast, North Melbourne, and I feel exactly. like any midfielder, if you could handpick three opponents that you're pretty happy with in terms of not getting a tag and just being able to do whatever you want, they're the three teams. So correct. I feel like that mitigates the fact that he misses round fourteen. Um, I think that makes Merritt a must-have, don't I? Especially at this price now, five percent. This surprised me. Don't know. Um, this is the time to jump on. Last year, people didn't jump on because he didn't average great the first half of the year and they regretted it because he went like 125 plus average after his buy. Do not yeah. miss this boat. Jump no. on. Uh, if he crashes like the Titanic, we'll, we'll be down with you. Like Merritt was in my team <laughs> last week. So there's, this is no, uh, there's no backing down from this, Luke. Um, you've seen the evidence. Merritt is currently in my team before trades this week. So, Jump the fuck on. Like, his ceiling is way too good. With Setterfield injury news as well, that just makes it way more obvious to me. Yeah, he's going to be in there. Uh, we'll move on. We'll move on. Now, he who shall not be named, Ugh. Voldemort, Jordan Degoe, 501k, Ugh. 104 average, 13% of teams, and an 81 break even. He's got a good ceiling, Pato. He's gone on a bit of a meh stretch, um, but... He's back. He, he he slaughtered the Giants and, yeah, 501K, way too good a value. The thing is, Dano, um, I brought him in at round seven for that 67, then got 76 from him, and he actually kind of saved my week on the weekend, Dano, with that 128 in the final game of the round. Yeah. So, and he was on like 40 at halftime as well. I was very nervous but had a really big second half. So, 501K, like I've beaten this drum before. If you... If you're looking for an M8, you don't have to constantly bring those top guys in. Like, look for the value where it is. And, like, yeah. 81 break even, he'll hit that against Carlton, you would assume, um, then plays yeah. North, then plays yeah. West Coast. Like, yeah. do I need any more convincing, Dana? No, you don't. Next bloke, though, is very fucking juicy. Jaden Short at 539K, 101 average, 0.4% owned, Pato. Uber six fucking six hundred and sixty seven teams. Oh wow, one one team over the devil's number. Um and hundred and five break even. Oh he's gonna get defensive status. That's the thing. So I I'm half tempted to just and if it wasn't for Zach Merritt's sexy as fixtures, I'd be I would be half tempted to get Jaden Short in. Like I think he I think he's like ninety something percent or whatever. Fucking defense. It's some ridiculous number. He will get it. Um, bring him in and then put him in as D6. And yeah, agreed. If if you yeah. have a defense spot, um, 
I know you can only pick short as a midfielder right now, but DPPs are coming in next week. There's one yeah. more game, and short is basically confirmed. Like, yeah, he can't miss it. It's happening. So, and like, if you saw the game on the weekend, he was playing half back. We love the role, 120. Like, we know what he can do in this role, and he's 540k. And there's your D, probably four by the end of it. If you've got Day and Sheasel, there's your D three or four. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I. <laughs> Ultimate crazy good POD. And if you pumps out a 120 in your mids, you fucking can't go wrong either, Pato. Yeah, better really? than fucking Jack Steele and Patrick Cripps. Fuck oath. Anyway, we'll move on. Like, Jaden Short, ultimate POD, and I haven't heard anyone talk about him on any podcast that I've listened to this week. And it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Yep. Um, Chad Warner, 509K, 95 average, 5% owned, 88 break even. Um, will he benefit more because of the Mills injury? Hello, got North. North. I think he will. I think he will. But again, it's not a, a long term play. But if he plays well enough, um, I think he'll move into that midfield group. And he's had a decent last few weeks as well. So, yeah, more yeah. of an option if you don't have the cash to get up to a short or a merit or a whoever else. But yeah, I don't mind it for the price. Yep. Now our last one for the midfield line is a bit of a real left field mid-pricer, and that's Matt Kennedy from the Blues. 347K, 68 average, 0.2% owned, and 73 break-even. He had the two sub-scores in a row, but then he played in the midfield, started and got an 89. And we know what he can do. He's gone 100-plus previously, what, last year? He was fucking solid last year. So it's, it's one of those ones that if you're, again, if you're at like the 20K range, and you want to try and start breaking, making up ground, essentially. This could be one of those moves that could pay off for you, free up some cat, And he could end up being like a, oh, probably not an M8, but an M9 by the end of it. Or at, like at worst, he's a stepping stone. Yeah, yeah. The role's there. I just think with Carlton playing kind of shit, they're going to have to make changes. And I feel like that change is Walsh into the middle um, and Kennedy either dropped, sub, or wherever else. But I can see the logic. I don't mind it. If you've got the trades to play with, I don't mind it. Yeah, yeah. Forward time. And we've got Darcy Cameron that everyone's talking about. 494K, ruck slash forward, 110 average, 3.5% owned, 55 break even. Everyone's talking about him because his break even so low and he was scoring so fucking good before he went down. So basically, everyone's thinking it's either going to be this week when he plays or essentially never. But it's also risky because he's coming back from injury, Pato. Yeah, I, I he was in my plans to bring in this week, Dan, and I've changed my mind. Um, I've looked at the run. Carlton are fairly restrictive to Ruckman, Dan, that we've got this week. Correct. Then they play North, who, granted, if he plays forward, could go big, but North... Have Goldstein, and obviously he's a pretty decent ruckman, even at 86 years old. Uh, <laughs> West Coast is the juicy matchup in there, Dono. Really, really juicy against Bailey Williams. Then comes up against the Melbourne duo in Gorn and Grundy, and then his bias. So it's a tough one. I think you could probably afford to wait and just target him after his buy, and I yep. don't mind that. Yep, fair enough. Errol Goulden season, Pado, 559K, 108 average, 46% owned, seven break even. He is playing what we thought he could in the preseason, but in the regular season now. Fucking juicy as shit. 
And <laughs> to be honest, I, like he, <laughs> he could end up at like 630, 650K. Can I just shout out to the 5,000 odd people that traded him out in round six, Dano? Um, wow. After 47 against Geelong, and that was his only score below 85 on the year. Um, to which he's since gone 119, 156, 156 before playing North Melbourne. And I think he can eclipse that 156 this week, Dano, and get towards yeah. 650K. So, yeah, uh, not good. Anyway, um, break even of seven. I feel like Gordon has probably proven that he's a top eight forward. And if you brought him in at the start at 472K, like we, a lot of people said, then um, that's pretty fucking good value, don't I? Yep, yep, agreed. Now, you're going to think I'm nuts, Pato. No, I'm not because he's in the run sheet. But I I wanted him in the run sheet. So it's Nat Fife at 267K. Feels so weird saying Nat Fife and 267K in the same sentence. We don't give a shit about his average. 5% owned, 101 break even. Last week, well, the last two weeks, he's come on as sub, looked fucking amazing as sub. And it's not the fact he's not going up forward and playing forward either, Pato. He's going into the guts. He's changing shit up in the middle. And if he has a full run at it this week, if he's named in the team, I am so tempted to pull the trigger early and say... I'm bringing in Nat Five at 267k because if he plays in the guts, he could end up getting a 110. Honestly, um, and if if he doesn't hit his break even and he drops a little, like 20k or 30k more, I'd still be okay with it. Honestly, um, but it's a matter of do I wait for the eye test to see him in a full game, or is it like a Aaron Hall scenario? the other year when I pulled the trigger earlier than everyone else and it paid off and he started spurting out those 100 plus scores. What are your thoughts? Because at the moment he's in my team and the moment I'm one of the 5%. Yeah. I really like five and I agree with everything that you said, but the risk mitigation in me says that we should wait one more week with a break in 101. Now, if he scores 110 playing a midfield role, okay, we'll cop it and we'll get him in at 275. That's still a fucking bargain for midfield net five. Now, mm. on the flip side, Dono, if you bring him in this week and he pings a calf at halftime and scores yeah. 40 or 50, you're going to be fucking kicking yourself because you're going to have to trade him out. Yeah. And to be honest, I know, I know I'm I'm trigger happy with these trades this year. I'm just, I'm just imagining like, Nat Fife, 267K, is like Jack Zebel, 300-odd K. You leave him in the team and he ends up being a primo. And you're like, you've just gotten a primo at 267K. That's that's what's going off in my head right now. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be a perfect F7, M9 sort of guy that can float between both. Like, I'm not, I'm absolutely not discounting him as an option. I just feel like the smart thing is to wait one more week, see what he does against Geelong, and then we look at him next week. Man, I like to live dangerously. I uh, know you do. Ugh. Oh, I'll, I'll flick him in and out. But, like, I put it to people like this. To those who are considering Bailey Humphrey, why aren't you – like, I know there's a 50K difference, but if you're considering Bailey Humphrey, why not consider Nat Fife as well? Honestly. Well, Bailey Humphrey gives you better buy coverage for one. That is true. 
Although five does over around 12, which isn't horrible. So it's not that much worse, but um, Humphrey's also going to go up a lot more in cash this week but, than five. So you can go Humphrey you, this week, five next but, week. But you weigh it up and you go, is Humphrey going to be a keeper? No, a stepping stone. Nat five has the potential to end up being a keeper. Yeah. That's that's where I'm at right now. Do I do Bailey Humphrey or do I go Nat Fife? And I'm with Fife's in injury injury history recently, he could pull a hammy this week. Yeah, but Zebel had the worst injury history known to man, and then he went and fucking popped off. Don't jo- to- Toby Nankervis had one of the greatest r- match runs last year, and then brought him in for his durability, and he fucking went down. That oh. Well, you should never have traded out the guy that's averaging 112 shut right now. Shut the fuck up, but it allowed me to get Jack Z. <laughs> so shut the fuck up. <laughs> Who's laughing now, motherfucker? Anyway, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, we'll move on to listener questions, Pato, because Jesus Christ, we are a mess. Nah, we're going good. Um, do, do we go Facebook or Twitter first? What do you want? Uh, whatever. Fuck it. We will go Facebook. Okay. We will start off with Ross. Oh, Jesus Christ. This man's got heaps of questions. Ross goes, what to do with LDU? He said, and then he suggested Baker for Sharp, LDU for Rao, or does he play pay overs for Clary? I think Baker's okay to keep. Um, he's averaging about what he is, break even is, so he's probably going to hover at that price. LDU, you've got to trade. You've got to. So... I don't know about Raul, though, Dana. It feels reactionary to me. I feel like you've missed a boat there. If you were going to jump on Raul, you would have done it when... When I said to. Took went, when Took went down. When I and, said yeah, to. When said to. Yeah. Um, in terms of Clary, I've been pretty vocal on this. I'm targeting Clary after he plays against Willem Drew, who has a really poor record against. So I, if you don't have merit, merit's the guy. Um, but he, I, I think he needs to trade Baker to Sharp in order to get the funds. I would not trade Baker for Sharp. I would be avoiding surely, Sharp, honestly. Surely there's someone else that we can trade there. Not really, I don't think. I just want to say, last year, Clayton Oliver scored 68 against Port Adelaide and 85 against Frio, and that they are his two next opponents. Yeah, fuck. Okay. Now you're making me think about keeping an eye on Clary now. Um, Nathan goes... Well, actually, for Ross, I would just say, oh, fuck, yeah, I would. If if you've got the funds to go five sixty something k, I would be going for merit. Yeah, yeah. yeah if you're desperate, Rouse, okay, but you realistically should have jumped on at the sub five hundred k range when I was talking about that. Baker for Sharp, I don't like at all. Avoid Sharp unless some absolute carnage happens in Brisbane. Where his job security is secure, but yeah, wouldn't go sharp. Nathan says, I know Drury scored poor on the weekend, but does he have the best job security with all North's injuries? I actually think he has some fairly decent job security, but fucking Clarko's a. I, I wouldn't surprise me if Clarko turns around and goes, fuck you all, Taryn, you're an absolute flog of a human, but I'll bring you in and George Wardlaw and Will Phillips and bye bye Drury. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like Drury plays this week, but if he scores another 20-odd and has fuck-all impact on the game, they're not going to be able to keep holding on to that because they are absolutely uncompetitive at the moment. So 
Yep. I I would be avoiding Drury personally. He's also got the round fourteen bye, which isn't good for anyone. So, yeah, I don't think he has the best job security. I think Humphrey has the best job security. I think Weddle has the best job security. Mitch Nevitt. I know these guys are a lot more expensive than Drury, but I feel like you pay up for the job security, and you know they're going to make the cash. Yeah, that's fair. Fair enough. Okay, Simon goes dock an option again. Need a D six. Yes. Yes, but he's got a ship by. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Can I interest you in Jaden Short for all the reasons hold, hold we mentioned ten minutes ago? Hold a week. Yeah, if he needs, if he needs a DC, like if you're okay with sacrificing a, a mid spot first and then flicking him into defense once he gets it, then yeah, I say Jaden Short. He's going to be the one of the best PODs when he gets that DPP. My God. Um, Liam goes, what do we think of Tim Kelly? He's averaging 100-plus for the year and a massive POD, only 2.2% of teams. He would be my replacement for Hopper. I was actually having a cheeky look at Tim Kelly myself during the week, but I just feel like there's better value around. And for the sake of... Like, he's 520K, Pado. And, like, they've only got, two, what, two mature midfielders in Dom Sheed and Tim Kelly. And yeah, I just. I mean, they've got gas. They've got yo. Like they've got guys around. But I, I know what you mean. Um, I think that the up and down nature of Kelly and the fact that West Coast is uh, like deplorable this year, I feel like it's an avoid. I don't mind the thinking. I like that you're thinking outside the box. Yeah. He nearly made the run sheet. Tim Kelly made, almost made the run sheet. So did Josh Kelly, mind you. Uh, but I just I feel like it's too left field. Yeah. And I feel like if you're looking for a POD, just go with Jaden Short or something. Yeah. Someone where you know the role is just going to be Seagull-like. Run and carry Jaden Short's back, baby. Um, Baden says, not sure if I got in on time, but oh well. How much do you guys think the return of Nank the Tank influences Ryan's scoring potential? I'll leave this one for you, Pato, because you're the Richmond man. A lot. A lot. Yep. Samson Ryan's actually moved into the number one ruck role the last couple of weeks since Soldo went down. Mind you, he's he's announced as another four to five weeks, so he's clearly had a setback on that foot injury. Um, as someone that's dealt with hairline fractures in the foot, that's a they're a fucking prick. Um, you think you're good, and then you run, and then it just fucking snaps again. But anyway, um, yeah, Nate coming back absolutely affects Ryan because Samson Ryan goes straight back to a full forward role essentially, um, which sucks. Um, uh, Richmond have a bit of an awkward run coming up as well. Um, Essendon are kind of depleted this week, so that's not too bad. But then they've got Port Adelaide, GWS, Frio, St Kilda, and then the bye. So we should do all right against the bye. I can't see us losing that game. Mm. Um, but, yeah, a bit of an awkward run. So I feel like maybe one more week without knowing what Ryan's break even is off the top of my head. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, as a non it's 12. So... Mm. There's an absolute hold this week. See how he goes against SNN. If Nank's back, you'll see the role and you'll see whatever Samson Ryan makes. And then next week, you make the decision. Yeah, I feel. Cool. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Okay. To Twitter, Nerds for Life goes I have pending LDU, Laird, Steel, and Hopper injuries this week. Do I just delete my app and wait for 2024? <laughs> well, I think Laird and Steel honestly could be fine. Hopper's and LDU definitely out. So fucking, that's shit. That's just shit luck. It is. Ned's a hold. He probably plays this week. Yeah. Yeah. The other three, that sucks. That sucks. I think, yeah, you hold on to steel because that's a week-to-week thing and you you trade Hopper and LDU. But 
That's it's all part of it. It's all part of it. Like you play, yeah. you cop the injuries, you, you get through it, and you just see what you can do out of it. Yeah. Uh, we've got one more question, then we're going to have to go through the VCNC options in five minutes, Paddo. So let's go. Ian's last one is, I am crazy considering Aaron Francis as a downgrade cash cow from Chandler. Finally played 94% in defense, role change, proven player, opportunity due to injuries, and scored a 95. Break even is minus two, but priced at 215K, also has forward slash defense DPP. Well, we discussed it, so we can kind of leave it at that. Can we, Pato? Yeah, I like that. I like the thinking, Lloydie, but yeah, we addressed it before. We think he's going to play forward this week, unfortunately, which is a real shame. Yep, yep. Anyway, we're not called the Supercoach Co-Captains for nothing. Every week we give you guys VC and C options to set your team apart in this 69th episode. Hopefully we give you a massive fucking raging stiffy uh, with our suggestions this week. So it's Doug Nichols' Indigenous Round, and I'm looking at the app now, and so many teams have changed their names to their Indigenous counterparts. So we'll start with Friday with Port Adelaide versus Nam Pado, which is obviously Melbourne at Adelaide Oval. Who you got in this one? Max Gorn, Max Gord. Port Adelaide are conceding ridiculous numbers to opposition rucks, and Gorn could go big, although he could also play forward as well. So if you don't like that, I like Petrarca. Um, Oliver is getting tagged, I believe, and Petrarca's got a lazy 141 last year with Oliver getting tagged. Yeah, don't mind it. Don't mind it. Would you... Now, some people are going to struggle for a VC option this week. So is there anyone from Port Adelaide that you'd consider, like a Rosie or a Butters? Melbourne have been conceding kind of high scores to that those midfield types. But with the way Port Adelaide's midfield have been operating, like it's very egalitarian where it's just sort of whoever has the big game has the big score. So no from me. Yeah. And Ollie Wines almost cracked the ton last week, but he's still not pumping out the scores that, or the numbers really that, yeah, it's disappointing shit. I'm waiting for him to make his run, but he might not ever do it. Anyway, Saturday, North Melbourne versus Sydney at Marvel Stadium. You gotta go, Errol, with the VC Pato. Is this not the most obvious VC this week, Dano? <laughs> well, you could go Jack Zeeble. <laughs> oh fuck off! <laughs> I actually think Zeeble might get a little bit of attention this week, Dano, from uh, maybe a Ryan Clark type. So, yeah, yeah, but. Yeah, so I'm going, yeah, Zebel or freaking Errol Goulden for me. They're my two obvious ones um, as a cheeky VC. The only thing is, at 2.10 p.m., so not long after this game starts, the Western Bulldogs take on Adelaide at Mars. Um, out of this world, man. And, yeah, it's tough turnaround, tough turnaround time. So you're basically picking a VC from one of these two two games. And when you got the fucking Bont, who's carving it up, and like Jordan Dawson and those types of guys in this game, it makes it a bit harder, Pato. Yeah, recent history suggests that Adelaide um, liked to lock down a Bontepelli with 88 and 87 in his last two, and both of those were on Mars. But Adelaide haven't really tagged this year, Dano, and I feel like if you're going to change that trend, you would against Bontepelli because he's just too fucking good not to. Yep. But you look at 2020, he's got 199 against them. So I can see this going either way. I actually feel like I prefer Golden, who probably won't get tagged, to a Bontepelli, yep, which enough. might sound scandalous, but I think I want to avoid Bont just in case he gets a bit of attention. Uh, we'll move on to Fremantle versus Geelong, or should Tim I say... English. Tim English. Wally well. Lup versus Geelong. And yeah, you said Tim English in the last one. At Optus Stadium. Hello. 
Yep, Tom Stewart scored a lazy 187 against Frio last time. Um, that was at Alphabet Stadium, but obviously quite a large score. So I don't mind him as a VC. Um, I don't think it's better than Goulden as an option, but yeah, someone someone might prefer Stewart. Um, but the one here, Dano, um, is Sean Darcy, who's actually a Geelong guy. Um yeah. Up around there now. He hasn't played Geelong for two years, which is a little bit sus if we're honest here, Dano. But last time he played them at Optus Stadium, he went for a lazy one fifty six two years ago, and um, obviously in some pretty good form. Scoring one hundred fifty one against Sydney, so I can see him yep. going something similar against Geelong. Uh, we'll keep going because we've got two minutes nineteen seconds left. Let's go. Okay, Brisbane versus Gold Coast Suns. Who you got? Yeah, no one. No one. No one. Wits, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's just enjoy this game. Lucky Neil does do, he does good at the Gabba. So, and he's only 100 plus scores have been at the Gabba. So it won't surprise me if he does good there. Essendon versus Richmond at the MCG. Zach Merritt, Jaden Shaw. Yep. Yep. Obvious ones. Uh, What about Toronto? Yeah, Toronto could go off um, in a pretty good vein of form. Yep. Cool. Sunday. So definitely captain options. Hawthorne versus West Coast. Fucking. Battle of the Spoon, University of Tasmania. <laughs> yeah, Anyone? I mean Lloyd, Lloyd Meek, maybe. <laughs> like, no, nah, fuck off. Let's let's move on. Carlton versus will, Collingwood will at the they? MCG. <laughs> no, nah, Carlton versus Collingwood at the MCG. Um, I don't mind Crips for a bounce back, but I don't think you can have the confidence of captaining him. Um, quick, quick, disco quick, quick. Disco Dacos. Disco yep. Dacos. Yep. Okay. And Giant versus St Kilda at Giant Stadium. Um, I don't mind Josh Kelly or to- even Tom Green or a Romar. Rowan Marshall. Um, Giants have been conceding ridiculous yeah. scores to Ruckman, so yeah, Marshall's cool. the one for me. Oh, well, that was a pretty solid 69th episode there, Pato. Um, yeah, I fucking enjoyed it, and let's go for another 69 plus after this, I guess. Uh, what's your Twitter handle, man? It's at P-A-T-T-O-69. No, it's not. It's P-A-T-T-O-S-Triple-C. And mine is at D-A-N-E-O-S-Triple-C. So from us... For the 69th time, <laughs> the Supercoach co-captains, I'm Dano. And I'm Pado. And this is us signing. The fuck off. <laughs>